The Kate Daly Show starts now. I was born in a cellar at home, delivered by Dr. McGraw. We had one bedroom for my sister, myself, and my parents. We had a half bath and a kitchen. Seven and a half years we lived in that place. There was no welfare. There was no food stamps. There was no safety net. But I always had plenty to eat. Because every time I asked for seconds, my dad would say, no, you had plenty. I was born with a silver spoon. My dad had only gone to the third grade. That's all the education he had. But why was I born with a silver spoon in my mouth? Because I was taught by my parents. The life's a matter of making choices. Wherever you are, good or bad, because of choices you make. Don't blame anybody else, but if you get an education, you're willing to work and overcome problems and difficulties. In this great country, you can amount to something. That's how I, that's why I was born with a silver spoon. I was in this country and I was taught personal responsibility for choices you made. Well, amen, Coach Lou Holtz. Thank you. That was awesome, wasn't it? Um, yeah. In fact, uh, this hour, you're going to learn so much in this hour. It's going to shock you about our past. And something, I don't even know if I, we have actually even brought this up before. So this will be a very, very interesting hour. In fact, uh, welcome to the Kate Daly Show. Uh, go to katedalyradio.com on Facebook and Twitter. It's the Kate Daly Show. You can find us there and communicate. You can communicate with us there. You can also email us, kate at katedalyradio.com. Make sure you're sending me the 80th floor, a view from the 80th floor, whatever floor you're on, whatever age you are. Um, your words of wisdom, a lesson you learned in your life, something you'd like to pass on to others, uh, because I think we're really missing that in society right now. I think we really need to hear some good words of wisdom, and uh, and I would love to hear from you. Also, balance of nature. Make sure you're getting over over to the website to get that uh, fabulous. I love this supplement. It really does have all the nutrients we need. And boy, in light of this hour, you're just going to be shocked when you hear some of this stuff with Melissa. This is going to be shocking to you. But keep it in mind, you've got to have a supplement now with our food supply the way it is. Uh, make sure that you're getting balance of nature. It has everything plus. And so, and it's super, super affordable. So you'll love it. Um, it was interesting. And by the way, hi, Melissa Smith. How are you? Well, hi. One, one of these one of these weeks, I'm going to do a show that's not shocking. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But th- I mean, this one, oh my gosh. And oh, oh, by the way, I forgot. When you go to Balance of Nature, put in the code Kate. Then you'll get a third off, okay? And uh, you're going to love me for this. I Trust me on this. You will feel differently within inside of about a week or two. You will love this supplement. It'll get you through this winter, too. Um, you know, it was funny. I was reading uh, for, for you over there in Illinois right now where we're live. Uh, the audit found that Illinois spent $4.6 million on Medicaid coverage for dead people. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a good investment. You know what? <laughs> Why am I not surprised at this? 4.6 million people for Medicaid coverage for dead people. Yep. That's, are, that's, are those the same people that are voting also? <laughs> yes, they are, actually. <laughs> They're very busy in their slumber. They're very, very busy. So um, I just, I, 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 had, I had to chuckle at this. Sorry, Illinois, but oh my gosh. I know you're probably feeling how horrific that is, too. Um, but we want to talk a little bit about going into the past that has to do with medicine a little bit. Uh, We have to talk about this. Let's talk about the Spanish flu, because I think people are going to be really surprised to hear this, Melissa. Yeah, well, um, this is a World War I story, Mm -hmm. and I have kind of a personal thing going right now. I'm um, I've, I've just been given a batch of letters there. My grandfather's letters. I have mm-hmm. both, I have both halves of the correspondence. My grandmother's letters to my grandfather and my grandfather's letters back to her mm. when he was serving in World War One. Wow. I know. It's an amazing thing. Wow. I've got 73 pages of letters typed so far and I'm not halfway yet. Oh my God. So yeah, it, it was a different time. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, uh, I came across the following letter dated April 29th, 1918, Mm -hmm. and I have to read this to you because it's an amazing letter for one thing, but because of the story it tells, and then we'll talk about the tie-in to Spanish flu and the truth that we didn't know about it. Because this is this affects us today, I promise. And you know what? Let the let the nonsense in in Washington D.C. We'll talk about that in the next hour. Okay, let's 
Uh, okay, so here's what he said. Mm-hmm. My dear Genevieve, since writing this morning, I've done nothing but loaf and weight turns for this and that. This is what happened since vaccination and inoculation this morning. Mm-hmm. Before this, several fellows fainted, many nervous, because mm-hmm. they stick a needle up your back about this far. And he drew a line that's about three inches long. Wow. Everybody was talking and laughing about this, but now it's not so funny. Every few minutes, somebody is dizzy, weak, or faint. Clark, Ott Buzzard, and Bob Blank, mm-hmm. North Dayton fellows, too, were told to take exercise. We did the same as the others did. At first, it made you feel better. Later, it hurt more. So I thought I would sit down for a while. Um, I did. Sitting down on some steps, and I forgot all about my back until I pushed up against the side wall. Good night. There was a little sack of swollen matter in it where the needle went in. Thus, I matched it, and pushing it into my blood immediately began to feel weak. So I got up and walked over to Clark and Ott. I asked Clark to hold me up. Good night. I fell to the ground dead as the deadest and white as a sheet. Clark and Ott picked me up and led me on a walk. I began to hear them talking. I then knew something happened. I asked Ott what happened. He told me I was sick. I sure was weak. Stomach weak, legs weak, my head was cold. Then I sat down, partly went to sleep, and now I feel better in every way. My back and arm is much better than average, for now that pus is going into the other fellows gradually, thus feeling very sick. I took it all at once. Well, goodbye. Wow. And then he adds at the end, uh, two more shots coming sometime. I will write and tell more whether to come next Sunday or not, for, or whether to come next Sunday, for you should never find me. I'm in quarantine. Oh, my gosh. And this was World War One. This was your grandfather. April 29th, 1918, that letter is dated. Wow. And so here's the the fascinating part. I read that about a week ago, Mm -hmm. and I thought, huh, I wonder what they were inoculating them with. (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay. Okay? Uh Uh-huh. Never put this together, ever. Um, Got kind of wound up just today. Right. (laughs) So I'm looking at information about the Spanish flu, which also hit in the United States between 1918 and 1919. The Spanish flu became a global pandemic flu outbreak. Um, And if you read anything online, they will tell you there's lots of information about about it. But here's the critical piece. It it depends on who you look at, Mm -hmm. whether they'll tell you. The the information I read today said they were doing autopsies on these guys as they were dying. Mm -hmm. The the first outbreak happened at Fort Riley, Kansas. And then it spread initially through the military, through these guys in World War I. And they were doing autopsies. They were trying to figure out what the heck was going on, happening sure. to them. They were literally being, they were healthy in the morning and sick and dying by evening. It wow. moved that fast. Some of, for well, some look of at your grandfather's letter. I mean, that that is an interesting, given the information you're about to give, that's an interesting account of, wait, what is going on with me? Why am, you know, why am I fainting? And that should be a huge sign that what they just gave them was a pretty was bad thing. a problem. And he talks, he talks about all the other guys being sick as well. Jeez. And if you, because I read others of the letters, uh-huh. um, one of the first things they did, they, when they first came in, they asked all the guys if they had any illness, including he specified if anyone had any venereal disease, which I think was uh-huh. pretty bold to talk about that yeah. in 1919. Sure. But um, they pulled all those guys out separately. Mm-hmm. They they want they were looking from he says earlier they had come in and examined everyone's back and chest and the skin they were trying to make sure that the people that they were inoculating were healthy. Okay. They didn't want people with rashes or right. people that already were manifesting some sort of illness or knew that they had some kind of sickness. Right. So the question is, what were they inoculating yeah. for? Yeah, exactly. And the answer to that, I don't think he knew. I don't think they told them what they were inoculating. Um, but here's the interesting part of that. There was a, um, a, a medical experiment going on 
Mm-hmm. Um, that was organized first at Fort Riley, Kansas, which is where the first of the flu outbreak mm-hmm. was. Okay. Between January 21st and June 4th of 1918, and this letter's April, right in the middle of that, uh-huh. there was an experimental meningitis, bacterial mm-hmm. meningitis vaccine that was given in a series of three shots. Wow. So, and who, did, who was this done by? Um, it was... Uh, was uh, it the Rockefeller? The, medical, uh, the Rockefeller Institute for Medical Research. In New York. Wow. Yeah. In, injected so, the, shoulder, the, the soldiers at Fort Riley. Okay. Yeah. And so it's very interesting. So the, the next piece of this whole story you need to really understand is that no one knows really what the Spanish flu was. They just call it that. You, it was a label. You can read and you can get people that will say it was an H1N1 bacteria or virus, uh-huh. but nobody has ever concluded that without question. That's interesting because when I did the story about the Chinese mystery illness, when you go back, that's actually, they were talking about that in 2003. They were talking about it as H1N1 as well, and that it was all the same signs or symptoms, but they're calling it a Chinese mystery disease. And and I thought, no, it's not so mysterious. It was, it was just odd. And this was just on, on front page news just about a week ago. That's interesting. Well, here's, a, here's some interesting things. I mean, knowing what we know now about the differences between bacteria and viruses, mm-hmm. right? Sure. There was another outbreak later in about in the mid-30s, like 1935 or so, and they treated it with uh, sulfa drugs, which is an early sort of bacterial agent they, they okay. used to fight... Even now, if you can't take back, or if you can't take an antibiotic, they'll give you a sulfa drug. Right. So, the conclusion here may be that what these guys had was not influenza at all, which is a virus. Right. They had a bacterial infection. Bacterial pneumonia. They had right. bacterial pneumonia. That's huh. exactly right. Wow. And. Listen to this. This will, this will make your skin crawl. Got 15 Where seconds. Where did they go. get the serum to inject? Okay, wait a minute. I want you to wait until we come back. After All right, break. you got to hear it. Where it's did they good. get the serum? To inject the Rockefeller Center that was doing the Rockefeller Center, sorry, the Rockefeller Institute that was doing this, carrying out these military vaccines for World War One. They never ever talk about it like this in the past in the history books. Isn't that interesting? No, it's just they Spanish do not. flu, and it just coincidentally killed fifty to hundred million people. Okay, we'll be right back on the Kate Daly Show. You, you're going to want to hear this. Be right Integrated back. Integrated Medical Services is the office of Dr. Danny Warwood and Deborah Valentine. Integrated Medical Services has telemed. They're open for face to face visits and accepting new patients. Call 435-673-9653 or go to integratedmedicalservices.org. This is John Jones with Cash Valley Bank. Did you apply for a PPP or Paycheck Protection Program loan that went unfunded, that got lost in the queue? Cash Valley Bank secured funding for 100% of all eligible applications we received. With new funding soon available for small businesses, call your accountant, and at no cost to you, they will help you submit a PPP loan application with us. We believe in helping everyone, the small guys included. That's what makes us a community bank. We know that we will get through this together. Cash Valley Bank. Mountains await. Member FDIC. Thanks for listening to the Kate Daly Show. All opinions expressed by the program participants on the Kate Daly Show are solely their own and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of St. George News Radio, KZNU, Canyon Media, or their respective parent companies or advertisers. If you'd like to comment directly, talk lines are open at 888-673-1450. That's 888-673-1450. Or you may email directly at kate at canyonmedia.net. You rely on home delivery now more than ever before. St. George Water Store provides home delivery of clean, fresh, safe, alkaline drinking water. No contracts, no hidden fees, and no delivery charges. Order home delivery today at sgwaterstore.com. That's sgwaterstore.com. 
The Zion Eye Institute is open, and 2020 is the year of vision at Southern Utah's premier eye care center. Their highly trained team of doctors and staff are excited to help you see the world in all its splendor in 2020. Zion Eye Institute has specialists to cover every area of eye care and eye surgery. They can provide you with all forms of vision correction surgery from multiple highly skilled and experienced fellowship-trained surgeons. Using advanced techniques individually or in combination with each other, Zion Eye Institute Institute's expert surgeons will customize your treatment and provide the safest and best results for your vision correction. So if you're tired of the glasses and contacts, remember 2020 is the year of vision at the Zion Eye Institute, which means it's the best time for you to get your free consultation and see how the Zion Eye Institute can help. They are open. So schedule your appointment now at zioneye.com. That's zioneye.com. The Zion Eye Institute, the largest and most comprehensive eye care center in Southern Utah. Are you covered by Medicare or nearing Medicare eligibility? Do the different Medicare options and supplemental policies seem like alphabet soup or a high-stakes game of Scrabble? Relax. Let WMI Mutual Insurance Company simplify this complicated decision and save you money. WMI has been offering their commission-free Medigap policies to seniors just like you for more than 30 years with quality insurance and affordable rates. Call them today or visit WMIMedigap.com. This is a solicitation of insurance. There has never, ever been a better time than right now to refresh your home. Best Mattress has just reopened with new policies in place to make it the safest environment possible. And to welcome everyone back, we're offering 20% off plus easy financing and free delivery. So refresh, revitalize, and replace with the brands you know and trust. Serta, Sealy, Beautyrest, Stearns & Foster, and Tempur-Pedic. Best Mattress. Now more than ever, you can sleep easy, friends. See store for details. Lionsgate Recovery understands how difficult times are right now, and we are here to support our community. We have increased testing, screening, and cleaning protocols for safety, but are still accepting new clients who are in dire need of help for substance abuse. If you or a loved one needs help, please call us today. We will do everything we can to get you the help you need. Lionsgate Recovery. People in recovery, helping people find recovery. Hi guys, it's Andrew with Wasatch Medical Clinic. Erectile dysfunction is a serious subject that plagues a lot of men. The good news is that we can fix the problem without any medication, injections, or surgery. Wasatch Medical is open, and we're here for you. We're following all CDC guidelines. We're even taking your temperature at the door to make sure all of our patients are safe and healthy. Our technology is clinically proven to eliminate ED affordably and quickly with zero side effects. If you're struggling with ED and want a long-lasting fix, call us right now we're running an unprecedented special never before offered we'll give you the initial medical exam assessment and blood flow ultrasound totally free that's a $300 value additionally if you call us now and come in and take our treatments we'll give you a special gift that produces instant results in the bedroom the number is 801-901-8000 that's 801-901-8000 call Wasatch Medical Clinic right now to claim that offer 801-901-8000 but now Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Welcome back. You're listening to the Kate Daly Show. Yeah, one way or another, they're going to get us. You know, it's interesting, too, um, Melissa, is I was just thinking about this. I'm, I'm here with Melissa Smith in this hour. She comes on every Wednesday, uh, joins us from WCGO Chicago. And, and here's the deal. How many times and how many stories on the show have we gone back and said they lied for years about what they were doing? They never disclosed the information, especially on antibiotics and everything else um, that we've done shows on, you and me specifically, with yeah. Dr. Mary's Monkey the book that's amazing so it's this is just another shocking um here from the past we didn't have it right we didn't under we they didn't tell us the truth the rockefeller institute at world and during world war one was giving an inoculation a military vaccine that was making people faint, including your own grandfather, by the way. He wrote a letter about the what he, what he incurred right after he got the shot. And then we had this breakout of what they called Spanish flu, although it wasn't Spanish flu. What was it? 
Well, it was neither Spanish nor influenza. Right. <laughs> it was bacterial pneumonia is what people were dying from. But the question is, where did they get it from? Right. And bacterial pneumonia is very contagious, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's not that hard to get. Right. And this was a kind of variant of that. But here's the thing that, that you need to hear. Okay. In December of 1917, Popular Mechanics magazine published the vaccine manufacturing process mm-hmm. that they were using. Okay. Um, so this is the, the, serum. the article was called How New York City's Health Department Makes Serums and Vaccines for the United States Army. Although this was the Rockefeller Institute, right? Too. Yeah. Okay. They Out of New York, though, also. Uh-huh. So here's what they were doing. They were using horses. How so? And Fort Riley, if you know anything about Fort Riley, is a cavalry post. They had horses there, right? So they had horses that they were inoculating with. Here's here's what the 1917 write-up says. After the horse had been inoculated with the disease poison, so they're injecting them with the actual disease Mm -hmm. in gradually increasing doses. He is bled and his serum is found to be the antitoxin. This is administered to human beings and renders them immune to the disease. What? So they bleed the horses after they give him, after they give them this bacteria. Well, what they're doing, they're essentially inoculating the horse. Right. Right. Giving them a copy of a very weakened version of the live virus. The horse builds up the antibodies to it. Mm -hmm. Then they're bleeding the horse and capturing the the antibodies out of the serum from the horse. And then injecting that into humans. Yes. So, so, wait. So, like a guinea pig. Wait, there's more. Are you ready? Yeah. The same horses had same exact horses had been used several times before for the preparation of diphtheria and tetanus antitoxin, as well as now meningitis. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And, yeah, that's crazy. You would think that they would have said, okay, let's use this bunch of horses for one, Uh and this bunch of horses for one, and this bunch. No. We we just use the same horses for everybody. Now, the question is, Mm -hmm. did something jump species from those horses... Something unexpected, perhaps, mm-hmm. jump species from horses to people. Oh my was gosh. there something? Was there something that had right. tainted the meningitis vaccine? Uh-huh. I mean, the, the guys weren't dying from tetanus, right? <clears throat> so that's interesting. In, you know why? Because the the new Chinese mysterious one and the actual last probably five that we've had, where you see everybody in China with masks and everything that that turned it that that's an animal and human. Um, you know, a contagion. So can get it from animals too, which is very interesting that you're saying that right now. Cause I just read that with the Chinese mysterious illness that came out. That's H1N1. Well, think mm-hmm. about it. Swine flu, mm-hmm. avian flu, right, all these right, different sure. types of flu that circulate around. But the influenza, true influenza is a viral illness. Right. Yeah. And we're not talking about a viral illness. Yeah. You can't. Really Did, was there something, was there a bacterial infection from the horses? I see what you're saying. And in 1919, there was a Dutch mm-hmm. veterinarian. Now, by 1919, the cat's out of the bag. Okay. And uh, he developed a theory on the relationship between human and animal influenza, because he's looking at the Spanish flu, and he's saying, what the heck is going on? In 1919, he suggested that the human flu and the so-called infectious disease of the breast that horses got, so that was a lung disease of horses, was identical in bacteriological and epidemiological terms. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So did they, by accident, Uh and and I'm going to go kind of easy on these guys in 1918, 1917, Mm -hmm. they don't have all the tools that we would have today to look at all this stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. But they were certainly willing to screw around with it and do it to the soldiers, which is, you know, you're sending these guys over in poor sanitary conditions. And what breeds disease? Um, you know, it, it's it's sanitary conditions. And 50 to a million people died during this epidemic. There 
are several authors who are saying that the medical establishment took the credit for promoting health and improved, like, disease transmission or, you know, reduced disease transmission. They took took the credit credit (laughs) that rightly belonged to sanitation engineers, water workers, plumbers. Yeah. The people who cleaned everything up. Yes. The people who brought fresh water, flushed toilets, who got animal animal feces and Mm -hmm. stuff off of the streets, all of that. The improved health that happens at about the same time, by the way, Uh was only partly... Um, vaccine related, it was mostly sanitation related. And I know you said that a million times. Well, yeah. And they sent this worldwide. They sent it to England and Belgium and France and Italy. They spread this everywhere, by the way. <laughs> because once the, once the flu got out, people became very afraid. And here is the Rockefeller Institute saying, we have, we have, a, vi- we have a vaccine. Oh, my gosh. So there was a rush of all these other countries. Now, my grandfather lived to tell the story, right? Mm -hmm. The guys that died, they died, right? They were doing autopsies on them. And the doctors who were doing those autopsies were concluding that these guys were dying from pneumonia, bacterial pneumonia. Hmm. Which might not have raised a big alarm bell because influenza can actually, mm-hmm. you can die from pneumonia, viral pneumonia, from the flu vaccine, right. from the in, flu virus. In more extreme cases, I mean, if it goes extreme, right? Right. Into but of all the men that were inoculated, how many of them lived and they became bacteria bombs everywhere they went? They were harboring that bacteria in their nose, in their lungs, oh in their mouths. Wherever they went. And now we're going to send these guys onto crowded transport ships. Yeah. We're going to put them in trenches where the worst of the worst sanitation and sanitary conditions. And they're going to spread this everywhere. (sighs) Everywhere. Literally everywhere. And... The the government's England was clamoring for the vaccine. France wanted the vaccine. Belgium wanted the vaccine. Everybody in Europe wanted the vaccine. So they're shooting this vaccine. They're shipping it everywhere, and they're saying they're sending American troops. World War One is bad enough as yeah. it is, but you know more people died worldwide from the Spanish flu than died in World War One, which is a pretty astonishing figure. Yeah, it is. A much more, in fact, it was responsible for that. Totally, wasn't it? I mean, not totally, but it was the bigger culprit of death, for sure. Hands down. Yeah, and it lasts. Um, the war is over in 19, November 1918, and the Spanish flu, it really hits hard in the United States in 1919. Mm-hmm. What has happened by 1919 among civilians? My grandfather was home by 1919. Wow. All those guys came back home. Did they bring it with them? (laughs) Why did they call it the Spanish flu? Why Spanish? Well, this is fascinating because the Spanish were not involved in World War I, right? Hmm. And when they saw a disease outbreak happening, they felt no pressure to censor the news about it. Oh and gosh. so the first public published accounts of this influenza, you know, right. epidemic came out of Spain. So because it became known as it. the Spanish flu. It was a media problem. Oh my gosh, I never knew that. Wow. So it, it was not the first reported cases, and this is everywhere, anything yeah. that you read. The first reported cases of the Spanish flu were in Kansas. In 1918. Yeah. What would have happened if they would have called it the Kansas flu (laughs) or the American flu or the Rockefeller (laughs) flu? Huh? Yeah. 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 There's always that. What are some lessons that should have been learned? And I think this is fascinating, too. Um, One of the lessons is, you know, in 1919, there was a veterinarian who was kind of ringing the alarm bell Mm -hmm. and the doctors wouldn't listen to a veterinarian. When they should have been because they were taking the vaccine from from horse blood. I mean, I, 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 it floors me. It really does. That just shocks me. All right. Melissa, are you there? 
Whoops. No, this is... Okay. Oh, sorry about that. Um, oh, shoot. I think we lost Melissa. Well, we lost Melissa. Okay. Um, this is so fascinating, isn't it? I know she'll call right back. Uh, they're probably having some weather there. But uh, in any case, I'm, I'm, I'm stunned. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Is this Melissa? Yes, it okay, is. Okay, perfect. It is. Okay. <laughs> well, so what I was saying was there was, a, um, there was a veterinarian who was saying in 1918, this is bacterial. This is bacterial, and it looks mighty an awful lot like this horse thing. Right. Um, do you know when the NIH published a paper saying that the Spanish flu was bacterial? When? 2008. What? Oh, this is That's just... like 100 years You like know this. what? That is insane. That's so reminiscent of when they gave out all the contaminated polio. Right. To 90 million Americans when we only had about 200 million Americans, so about half of us. And they didn't come out with the with the tiny, tiny little apology for about one day in 2007. So they waited from 1918 all the way to 2008 to finally acknowledge. Well, that's when someone finally, you know, once the once the thing is over. Like, why do we need to go back and look at that? Yeah, because on. you don't want to have to deal device, with all right? your bad deeds, you know, because, you know, they they didn't, um, first of all, experimenting on the, sh- on, the, on, the, on the soldiers like that. I mean, that's so sad to me that they were doing that and they didn't really have any information, really. I mean, they, they weren't working with a whole lot. The Rockefeller Institute, I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. The Rockefeller Institute for Medical Research, which is now the Rockefeller uh, University. And uh, they have been, it's, it's just interesting that they've been at the root or the source of so many nefarious activities all through the 1900s. Well, he, here are some interesting comparisons. Okay, in oh, 1918 whoops. and 1919. Okay, hold that. Hold that line of thought. Sure, I'm going to sure. come back. We'll get, we're going to come right back with Melissa because I want to hear this right when we come back. Just stay with us for a few minutes. We'll be right back on the Kate Daly Show. KateDalyRadio.com for the podcast of the show, recorded versions of the show. Be right back. But now... Balance of Nature, changing the world one life at a time. You know, when I first got it, I got it for me. I never really had health problems. I just got it to improve my life. I've seen energy, definitely energy, but I didn't have any issues. Then my, I started giving it to my kids, and uh, my kids have really seen the more benefit out of it. You know, they haven't been sick this whole year. They've been on it for like six, seven months, and they have been uh, flu and cold-free, which is amazing. But I'm assuming that, the, you know, the extra vi- vitamins and the vegetables and the fruit is helping them. So that's another thing that I've seen. Don't wait to see what getting over 10 servings of whole fruits and vegetables every day can do for you. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Start your journey to better health today by calling 1-800-2468-751 or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code CANYON. This is all hard to believe, isn't it? Sure, we knew the bull market would eventually come to an end. But who would have guessed it would end like this? So what happens now? Well, you can panic, which a lot of people are doing, or you can take a deep breath and get to work on a strategy for moving forward. Find out how with Abe Ashton, Tuesday afternoons at 5 on St. George News Radio 93.1 FM and 1450 KZNU and at AshtonWealth.com. There has never, ever been a better time than right now to refresh your home. Best Mattress has just reopened with new policies in place to make it the safest environment possible. And to welcome everyone back, we're offering 20% off plus easy financing and free delivery. So refresh, revitalize, and replace with the brands you know and trust. Serta, Sealy, Beautyrest, Stearns & Foster, and Tempur-Pedic. Best Mattress. Now more than ever, you can sleep easy, friends. See store for details. This is John Jones, president of Cash Valley Bank. 
During this unprecedented time, the government has established the Paycheck Protection Program in order to help small businesses. During the first round of the program, Cash Valley Bank acted swiftly, and we successfully secured funds for 100% of eligible customers. The program's funds have now been replenished. Now is the time to act quickly. Contact your accountant and have your application submitted today at no cost to you. At Cash Valley Bank, we care deeply about all small businesses, both existing customers and new customers. Cash Valley Bank. Mountains. Await. Member FDIC. Let's check in with Katie at Nielsen RV. Hey, there's something wrong. I'm cranky, stressed, irritable. I can't think straight. You should see how crazy I've gone slashing prices on our RV. I think I've completely lost my mind. Sounds like COVID-19 cabin fever to me. Chris, I think you're right. I need to get out in the fresh air and the wide open spaces in an RV and do some social distancing with my family. I think you should do the same. NielsenRV.com, State Street in Hurricane or underneath the giant American flag off the Bluff Street exit. Are you hitting your deadlines? It's crunch time and you've been told that countertops are another three weeks out. Does making your deadlines seem impossible? At Bedrock Quartz, our turnaround time from template is eight days. That's right, eight days, not weeks or months. From a remodel to new construction, you can start hitting your deadlines today with Bedrock Quartz. For beautiful quartz, granite, or marble countertops that are built for your future, call Bedrock Quartz or bedrockquartz.com. Lionsgate Recovery understands how difficult times are right now, and we are here to support our community. We have increased testing, screening, and cleaning protocols for safety, but are still accepting new clients who are in dire need of help for substance abuse. If you or a loved one needs help, please call us today. We will do everything we can to get you the help you need. Lionsgate Recovery. People in recovery, helping people find recovery. You've probably spent as much time in your house in the last few months as you did in the last year. And you've probably noticed that mattress isn't quite as comfortable as you'd hoped. That couch desperately needs an upgrade. And that dining set is being used more than ever. If you're ready for something more comfortable, a better fit, or a fresher look, Ashley Home Store can help. You can count on a clean, safe, and friendly shopping experience. And if you're not quite ready to come in person... Give us a call or shop Ashley online and we'll safely bring it to you. This is a great month to take advantage of our extra inventory and special financing. Southern Utah has certainly seen its ups, downs, booms, and busts. But one thing has remained, the strength of our community. And right now, you can count on your locally owned, family-run Ashley Home Store to provide quality furniture at great prices with unmatched customer service. If you need new furniture for any room of your home, shop local at Ashley Home Store, East Red Cliffs Drive, in between the DI and Pineview Stadium 10. Call 888-673-1450. This is the King Daly Show. Back in the day. <laughs> what can I say? Uh, welcome back to the Kate Daly Show, where, yeah, I get to pick the bumpers. <laughs> so, uh, Melissa Smith joins me in this hour, like she does every Wednesday, and this is just so fascinating. Run, run through the timeline uh, for just a little bit, too, Melissa, on how okay. this happened. Well, I think you really kind of have to put yourself into the the mindset of the, the turn of the century, the early mm-hmm. part of, okay. of the 20th century. They had had some success with medicine. I mean, this is not the same medical culture that we had like during the Civil War. Right. The United States now is looking at sending thousands of soldiers to Europe, mm-hmm. and I think they were motivated by a desire to keep them healthy. Mm-hmm. I don't think they were. Mo- they they were not trying to make anybody sick. They're trying to prevent that. Meningitis is a terribly contagious disease. Mm-hmm. They thought, hey, you know what, tetanus diphtheria, let's just do meningitis. It was sloppy work, but it's 1918. Right. So, But there is some consensus that they kind of knew of some of the issues. Well, I, I think kind of after had the genie got out of the bottle, mm-hmm. the doctors who were seeing these guys, and especially guys who were doing autopsies, knew that it was, they were not dying from meningitis, they were dying from a bacterial infection. And I think they recognized that. Some of these doctors were diagnosing guys coming into their, like, infirmaries mm-hmm. by just looking at them, saying, you've got it. Right. 
So there was an awareness. Probably the doctors from Rockefeller had an inkling that things were not quite what they thought. Mm -hmm. Um, And they just kind of sat on it. But I really do think it was motivated by a desire to keep those guys healthy as they went into battle in mm-hmm. Europe. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll, we'll give them a break. Um, we're, but, you know, like everything else, there's, there's room at the end of the day. They should have stopped and looked at the system and said, where did that go wrong? And right. right. And then not covered it up. here and, that we shouldn't have done? Well, and then not exposed it for 100 years. I mean, because... Because after this, we had problems with antibiotics. We had that led into polio. People don't realize that. And then we had the issues with polio, and they covered that up, and they knew exactly that that was contaminated. But what are some of the lessons that we should learn? Well, one of them, the the first one, the word, and this isn't a word we use too much, but we should use it more because it's kind of the word of our time, is hubris. Mm -hmm. Hubris is thinking that you are above... um, the the natural order of things or, right. or God's order or however you want to think about it, but thinking that human humanity can do things with no consequence. Mm-hmm. So the hubris of the medical community that vac- a vaccine would not ever have any untoward impact. Mm-hmm. Okay. So think about that today. Is do do we ever hear? Do we ever hear the message that vaccines can come with negative things? Right. The, the medical establishment is still living in denial about that. If you look at anything, vaccines are, are safe, they're effective, we're not going to discuss it well, they, anymore. They always say safe and effective, but they don't mention the guinea pig part of it. And that's a lot of it. And so this is why people that when when people say anti-vax, I'm not anti-vax and I'm not pro-vax. I think to be in either camp would be a very weird thing. I think that you should take it Correct. all and take in the, info, in the information and decide exactly what you do think is more safe and effective and less guinea, guinea pig-ish. Because <laughs> well, it all is. Speaking of guinea pigs, Uh that's another lesson here. Um, The vaccine industry really and truly right now, today, is still experimenting. That's it. That's it. Yeah, exactly. They're experimenting right now on our infants. Uh Uh-huh. They are. No one really knows long-term what the impact of some of the, they don't know the schedule. They don't know the impact of the schedule. They don't know what other diseases they're making us more susceptible to. Mm -hmm. Although there's more and more information that that the accelerated vaccine schedule that we have right now is causing um, immune immune diseases. It's causing allergies. It's causing asthma, maybe autism, Mm -hmm. maybe all this stuff. But the medical establishment is in total denial. Yes. Let me read you. Okay. This, this is a horrible, horrible quote. From January of 2018, uh-huh. uh, Dr. Stanley Plotkin, the godfather of the U.S. vaccine program, describes vaccines exper- vaccine experiments on mentally handicapped orphans and uh, on the mentally handicapped orphans and children of mothers in prison. Here's what he said. He had a preference for experimenting on children and adults who are in human form, but not in societal potential. Oh, my gosh. And this guy is going to this guy is going to wager whether somebody has societal potential. That's nice. Wow. So that's not 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. This is 2018. That was less than two years ago. Yeah, that's scary. And he thinks it's okay. So we we are engaging right now in a vast, just like they were experimenting on people like my grandfather. Mm -hmm. I I sincerely wonder what kinds of experiments are being done to our military right now. Yes, and I did a whole show on the on the um, the Desert Storm vaccine that they were getting. That is anthrax. It's an anthrax vaccine, and the contract was given to a Bush friend um, that lives over in Saudi Arabia still to this day and they got the they got the whole contract so no one else can compete with them they are the ones that get to do this anthrax and they said that it might be some of the depression they're coming back with some of the anxiety some of the reasons they're committing suicide because we're not actually in war we're in military actions but at the same time they think that this is causing a lot of issues the anthrax and the soldiers will tell you that they think since 1991 it's causing a lot of issues for the soldiers and they won't take any accountability and they won't stop doing it 
it, and catch this, even though they've never had an anthrax attack on a military base. They're still giving right. it to all the soldiers, which is really sick. It's sickening. And the more, the more fear, the more hype, the more propaganda, and the more con- force that goes into vaccinations, then I'm going to get more and more and more leery about all of them. Because there, there's a tremendous amount of propaganda right now to want to force everybody to get them. And once they do that, because they've been using us you know, as guinea pigs for over 100 years, that really worries me. Really. It should worry well, everybody. It should. And and here's here's even there's way more of this kind of stuff. In 1918, there was no safety follow up because mm-hmm. they didn't really know what they were dealing with. Right. OK, that's the break I'm going to give them. Mm-hmm. But in right now, in 2020, there is still no safety follow up. Wow. If you go down to your local pharmacy and get your free vaccine <laughs> that they're pushing, you tell if there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody that follows up with you ever? Right. Right. You're right. Is anyone collecting data on? Not that I want anything? data, but <laughs> but it is interesting that I don't think they are, and I and and they've already admitted, except they won't admit it in the promo stuff and the force to get it and the and the continual haranguing of you have to get your flu shot at every opportunity. But they do they they will acknowledge that it only covers one or two strains out of all the strains, and that they they couldn't possibly. Uh, have a vaccine that could actually do that for the flu because there's well, too much of it. There's too many strains. Okay. In 1918, there was no liability to the manufacturer for injuries or deaths that mm-hmm. are, were caused. Mm-hmm. And now there's still no liability to the manufacturer of vaccines. They have been exempted and that was for, that their exemption for vaccine production was formalized in 1986. Wow. So you still don't have, mm-hmm. even if they're negligent, right? You still have no no recourse. Now there there are some people if if they know about it that are getting in on on the settlements and stuff. That but it's very difficult to prove all of that. It's it's a it's a bad situation. Well, they have secret courts too that deal with it, and then don't publish. Um, usually, they're not publishing what they're paying out to all the damaged victims of of the vaccines, and there's so many. That's the problem too. Is, there's no transparency here, and, and they don't have you read the pamphlet for the risks. They just tell you that there's hardly a risk, so go for it. And no, none of these young moms, none of the elderly, they're not reading it. They're not even they're not even educating themselves on it. They're just they're just having Having trust in uh, the government now, and the problem with that to me is, and just like you've been bringing up in this whole last hour, and I'm so grateful for this story, is how many cover-ups have happened, and how much have they suppressed the information that would have been very helpful to all of us early on. So and, yeah. why why are these stories suppressed? Why don't we know this piece of history? Mm-hmm. It's because the largest single donor to political campaigns, as well as in the media, yeah. is who? Pharmaceutical. Big yeah. Pharma. And this is when Big Pharma was, because Rockefeller was one of the ones instigating the Big Pharma push at the time, and that was at the turn of the century. So they started getting rid of more of the home remedies and more of those kinds of things in favor of pharmaceuticals in favor of pharma. And this is when the lobby, you know, really, really started was, um, was I think it was 1910, right, when they really started launching into pharma. So we, I think we as consumers, by the way, the United Nations mm-hmm. has put out a universal, one of their famous universal declarations. And it's very interesting because one of their big universal declarations is that no one should be forced to take medication that they don't want to take or to be vaccinated or given an injection that they don't they don't want. And yet, in the face of a U.N. declaration, our lawmakers are saying, nope, we're not giving anybody. There's no exemption. Force vaccines. Everybody has to take one or we're not going to give you a driver's license. We're not going to let you vote. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. They're playing the people. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you what. It's time for us as Americans, as as the citizens, to say no more of that. Right. You know, right. I'm not doing that. And I, I was just at a health care provider who was in my face about, are you going to take a flu shot? And I was like, no. Yep. Well, you really should. And I think I'm going to get it again on Friday. Um, <laughs> I haven't. Got, I've never it, had one. <clears throat> I never will. I the last time I had one was when I worked in a hospital mm-hmm. and had to take one. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
I have not done it since. And I'll tell you, I have elderly parents who the last time they took their flu shot at the mm-hmm. insistence of of their doctor right ended up both of them ended up in the hospital within a week of the flu shot you know and I, were in the hospital for the next six weeks I, okay that's frustrating i was just going to say that because i remember a story we did where there was a whistleblower trying to expose some information that the the staffs at these um, nursing homes noticed that whenever they were coming in and trying to give people the flu shot the, the inoculation they were seeing a lot more deaths about three weeks later and right. and and it's really scary, and they were trying to out that info. Well, uh, my, I just talked to my dad recently, and he was mm-hmm. just like, I'm never getting one of those again. That thing gave me the flu. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not going to disagree with you. I don't think you should. These are people. My parents live uh, pretty isolated. They, they, they're they're still living on their own. They, mm-hmm. they live in a retirement community, but right. they don't go to the store. They don't even go to church anymore. They're, mm-hmm. Who's, who's going to expose them to this horrible thing? Right. But then again, engine light, check engine light goes on after 50, and we're just, we're, our bodies are, are usually not the same, can't handle a lot of things. But then they tell them that this is the fail-safe. Well, it can't be a fail-safe because they can't get all those strains in there. And the other thing is, is, is if that's true, if that whistleblower is right, how how sickening is that? And that was to get people off benefits. They felt like there was a push to get. Uh, it, so if these people died um, after getting one of the one of the flu shots at such an older age, then of course you don't have the the, the Medicaid costs going out anymore, right? Right. That's that's beyond really sick negligent. Yeah, yeah, that's that's straight up murder. But it's it's yeah. it's amazing to me that we are stuck in a paradigm of anti-vax and pro-vax, and we don't get out of that because there's all this stuff going on. All this evidence is coming out now. Like you said, in two thousand, well, two thousand seven and two thousand eight, they started actually kind of giving the some at least at least telling people a little bit about what happened all those years ago that have affected our lives because once uh, once we had problems with antibiotics then we had a polio spike then we had a cancer spike in four different cancers and it's never gone away and and what's interesting is and what we've always said on the show is there's very few accidents in this life there's very few coincidental events that just happen they don't happen on their own well, how many stories, Kate, have you and I talked about? Oh, geez. Whether we're talking Countless. about Lyme disease. Countless. Or whether now we're talking about the Spanish flu. Mm-hmm. Or we're talking about, you know, influenza vaccines, where it, the government is actually done things that have gotten right. away from them. They, they should have called that the Rockefeller flu because it would have been honest, at least. It really would have. It would have been honest, not blamed on the poor Spaniards, but it would have been honest. Man, I loved this hour. Thank you. Great info. <laughs> You're very welcome. And I love that your your grandfather had an account of that written out. Oh, no amazing. Kidding. Amazing. I hope people shared this podcast this hour. Uh, thank you, Melissa Smith. Appreciate you. Thank All you, right. Kate. Uh, that was great, wasn't it? Be right back with Susan. We're going to fill you in on the Iran deal and the Kerry, uh, John Kerry, and so much that you probably haven't. There's some pieces that I don't think people have put together. This is going to be so good with Susan. Be right back.